0: Well, hello, and welcome to episode 12. I just realized I actually haven't done an episode for, it's actually over a week. Um, main reason being actually was I had planned to do an episode with Olivia, Craig's daughter. Um, She'd agreed to do it and everything, but just kind of trying to work the logistics of it has proven slightly a bit, all over the place a bit challenging this week so that is kind of on the back burner and I have to say I'm just I was so excited when Harry said that he wanted to do the podcast and I'm equally excited if not more excited that Liv has also said that she's really 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 wants to do the podcast because I think it'd be really interesting to hear kind of her story and the way that she has felt over the last year since losing her dad and our family dynamic shifting and lots of other things happening kind of in her life and so I'm, I am it's definitely on the uh it's on the agenda to have Liv on the pod- podcast in um, the very near future and so this is a bit of an off-the-cuff episode but actually I've got um an idea of talking a little bit about Craig actually and with these anniversaries coming around of wedding and and his his death as well i just i've really been thinking about him a lot and our relationship but mainly him as a person somebody suggested to me actually that that perhaps a good way of expressing how i felt would maybe be to write a letter or a poem to him Um, which I love as an idea. And so I'm actually going to see if if it works as a podcast episode as well as then potentially writing something down to him as we kind of come up to that year anniversary. And it's probably centred around who I am at the moment and who I am now a year on from everything that's happened. It's not just the sad parts of me anymore there are and I'm starting to recognize this there are some really good and happy parts of me that are starting to emerge and come back but fundamentally grief completely changes you as a person so it changes kind of your mental psychological approach to life absolutely and it also physically changes you Um, And there's lots of scientific research out there about how it does, how it actually alters your brain's chemistry. and, And it does, therefore, make you a different person. But I'm so much at the moment trying a lot of the time now to look at positives and happy things. And I just, I really wonder what he would think of me now, 12 months on from losing him and not having him here anymore, and, I mean, he would always be proud of me whatever I I did, and he was always very adamant that I didn't sit around and just wallow in the loss of him, and as much as I have found that a real struggle, because so much of the time I am still very sad and really, really going through this grief, very much still, it's very raw, so many times it's raw. Um and it has such an impact on me on a on a different basis every day. So this week has been one of my most up and down weeks that I've had for such a long time. I've had some really big highs, a couple of days of just sitting there and thinking, gosh, I am loving being a teacher at the moment. I am really at times just fully back into. The school that I work in, which I love, the job that I do, which I love, it's not onerous. It's not stressing me. It's not tiring me out. I'm just loving the students that I work with and the place that I work, my colleagues and everything that goes into that. And it's so, for me, it just feels so nice to feel that, to have that a little bit back in life because I have missed that not just for the last 12 months but for the last two years since since Craig's diagnosis and it's just freedom to be who I am again at times and I know it only comes in really small chunks but it feels so powerful that it can happen and I'm proving that it can happen and there are small moments in my life now and times of the day where I just, I'm normal and I'm really good at what I'm doing, and I'm really good at my job and so that was the positive that I had this week but I had some really low points as well just some really deep conversations with people around me about various ways that I'm reacting to what's going on at the moment some of it healthy some of it not healthy and I'm definitely not brave enough to talk about those slightly different coping mechanisms that I have I just it's not something I'm I'm willing to share at the moment but having support of people around and, and being super honest, super honest this week about some of my struggles has just been really, really helpful. So I do, I feel like I've, I've experienced so many emotions, ups and downs this week. Um, but having positives and I spoke to somebody a couple of days ago about how my weekends have got things in them and I, I say yes to so many things now. If people say, do you want to come to come out for dinner on Saturday? I think, am I free? Yes. Do you want to go and do this? Yes. Do you want to come and do this? Yes. It's just things I'd never done as a person before, even before Craig, even before my first kind of marriage. Um, I'd never just said yes to things and just gone and done lots of social things. So I think if I was to, sit down and and talk to Craig now about everything that I've kind of done in the last 12 months I think he would be obviously because he was just always so proud of me honestly he was my biggest supporter and he was always just so proud of everything that I did I think he'd be so proud of me now and so impressed with how I'd kind of taken on the positives and moved forward with lots of different areas and particularly that saying yes and just I don't know. I think for the first time in my adult life, I have a really, really solid friendship group who I just invest time in. And it got me thinking a lot this week about whatever life throws at me now and whatever direction it goes in, I don't ever want to lose those connections that I've built with people because they've become so important to me. And I hope a little bit to them as well. I just don't want to lose that. Whatever whatever things I'm going through and we go through as friends, I think I've just felt so much impact of that that I don't ever want to lose those, those connections with my friends now. And so that's just kind of a, a really big learning thing for me from all of this. So he would be really pleased that I'd got such a good group of friends. And the fact that a lot of those people were his friends as well, and knew him, I think he'd be even, even happier about that. And I think he'd just feel really just settled and secure with that understanding and that knowing that that's what I was doing. And then if I look at, you know, some of the other areas of life, hockey coaching in particular, it just made me think yesterday I've come so far in that journey and the fact that I've now not only do I am I doing kind of my practical coaching and I've got lots of support within that framework in terms of working with somebody who's helping me develop as a coach and really holding me accountable to what I'm doing the way I reflect on what I'm doing and, and how much I'm trying to improve as a coach constantly and then coupled with the fact that I am doing a master's and I have been accepted on to a master's in performance coaching, which is a whole new challenge in a whole new arena for me. And, you know, it's just, again, it's something I probably wouldn't have done if life had just carried on the path that it was going. So I think if he came and sat with me now and saw the strong side of me, because there was a lot of strength around me now, my independent nature, how I've just got on with stuff, my coaching work, my friendships, everything that I just do and get on with. I think he'd be surprised a little bit how much I had achieved, but but always. In fact, no, he probably wouldn't be surprised. I actually don't think he would. I think he would have expected me to be doing exactly what I'm doing. Um, and then it's difficult to to then look at the darker side, the the sad side, the bit that looms almost constantly in my I kind of describe it as being in my perish, peripheral sorry peripheral vision these days it's always there. It's always just hanging around me. And some days it hangs really dark and damp and cold around me. And other days it doesn't and it's a lighter burden to have. Um and it doesn't matter that could be Hour to hour in a day, and it's just that continual that continual cycle of unpredictability of of what grief does and I think sometimes it so powerfully manifests itself in a physical reaction. I can give you such a good example of this i had i wouldn't say a stressful day yesterday, but I had. A full-on day, so a really full-on work day, few things in the evening, a meeting that I had. And then I woke up this morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, which that's not unusual, first of all. I I do wake up at, at really strange times of the night and struggle to sleep sometimes. And my head, I thought, was going to explode. My headache was so painful that I genuinely thought I was having a migraine, which I haven't haven't really suffered with in life before. And I, I genuinely think that's the way I was heading. And it was a stress, tension, grief, headache. And these are real, grief headaches are real. They happen. And so I thought, gosh, my body sometimes really, even... So, I've been trying to process lots of different things mentally this week and and having some really open and honest conversations with people about how I'm feeling, how sad i'm I can feel at times, how dark a place I can go into at times, and I, it just it 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 manifested itself this morning, I felt like as this really, really horrific, horrendous, almost migraine like headache, and i managed i did I managed to shift it with lots of ibuprofen lots of paracetamol and shed loads of coffee and by kind of mid-morning I'd shifted it enough that I was okay to be able to function at work I could feel it it kept lingering at work I could feel it in the background every now and again and I just kind of kept it at bay with with some um painkillers and stuff but it's so interesting how sometimes things like this show up so physically in your body and it's it's almost your body saying it's too much. You've been thinking in your own head too much, and I, and it's like my body and or my brain rebels against me and goes stop. We, we're just going to manifest this into something that's just a physical, a physical reaction. Um, so that was that was the other side of my week this week, I suppose, and so being able to, if I was to sit down with Craig and explain what life was like now, I'd I'd be like, oh, you'd be so proud of me. You know, I'm really strong. And I put on this mask now. And I actually, I can go to work and function, even if I feel super rubbish. I'm now at the point where, because I've exposed myself to it so much, I can still go to work and do a job, not necessarily the best version of my job, but I can still go in and do a job. You know, everything I'm achieving in hockey and and with my Masters and everything, yeah, he'd be fully, he'd be so on board with all of that. And I still do think he would be, not disappointed is completely the wrong word. I think he'd just feel sad that I was still feeling so sad about what I was going through. And it would have been really interesting to see what he would have been like as a person. If the situation was reversed so if if it had been happening to me i don't know how he would have reacted he was one of those people that would internalize things a lot more than even me so it would have been you know if i had the power to sit down and have that conversation with him and and explain why i was having to go through all the emotions that i go through and all of the sadness that i go through then it would be really interesting um But I have called this episode You and it's about him and it's about talking about him as a person pre his illness, kind of when he was in my life and he'd been in my life for a really long time, mainly through hockey. So I've known Craig since I was kind of 20, 21, just as this really passionate and driven hockey coach, player, friend. And we lost touch for quite a long time, maybe like 10 or 12 years when he went off because he was such a successful coach that I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast that he went to the Olympics in Rio as assistant coach to the GB women's team. And they created history. They did something that had never been done. And it's, it's still something that's going to leave a legacy, a really long-lasting legacy for hockey in this country that what they did in Rio 2016, winning the gold medal in the final against the Dutch was just absolutely insane and incredible. And then he was always my friend and, and we kind of chatted occasionally over those that period, but I didn't know him as that person. So when we reconnected... Craig had stepped away from that hockey arena and he was back living and working locally. And so the person I got to see was the person after all that. And it was, it was nice because I got to see Craig, the normal family orientated person. And I still got to see him as Craig, the super coach. And he did coach me and our team at Belper for a couple of seasons. Me as a player first and then latterly after kind of COVID and what have you and pre and then after his diagnosis as working with him as an assistant coach and now taking over as head coach. And I just learned so much from him. But one of the great things that happened after he had died was so many people spoke amazing things about him. Because he'd had a little bit of success with the GB team, when he did die, there was a lot of press out there um, across, across the globe because he had been to lots of places with hockey. Obviously, he was Australian, so he had a big legacy back at home as well as here in the UK. And lots and lots... I was just overwhelmed, actually. I remember thinking, my gosh, he was just my husband who sat on the sofa next to me and all of the kind of accolades and the people that got in touch and kind of spoke to me, it was, it was incredible and he was quite a humble person in that, in that respect and so it was amazing to hear all of these things that people said about him and I know that a lot of my podcast is very much around me and my journey and my grief But I am still surrounded by people who knew him really well and who they are going through their own grieving process for him because he had such an impact on so many people, whether it was from a hockey perspective or from a personal friendship perspective. And so one of the great things that happened just kind of around the time of the funeral was so many memories came in from so many people about him. And I think it's something that I'm... I'm almost looking forward to when we get together to celebrate his life on the 15th of February because I just know that those same conversations will will come out again and I love to hear them and I think the more opportunity we have to sit and talk about our loved ones who we've lost, it just keeps their memory alive and it just keeps that bond between us, the people that knew him, the people that grieve him. I I even had somebody yesterday who was on a tour around the school that I work in, and he is a really successful young local MP, and he'd come back into um, a few schools, and he knew of our school, and he'd come in, and actually I knew him anyway through hockey, and... He said to me I said, oh, I, he said I was so sorry to hear about about Craig last year, and then his immediate reaction was, "I was definitely on the end of a lot of bollockings from in my in my time with it, and we just laughed, and i just thought I love that this person who hasn't seen me, I don't know him particularly these days. The first time we we meet since it's all happened, he was just he was so open and wasn't worried about upsetting me." He just said, look, you know, I'm really sorry for what's for what's happening, for your loss. But, oh, my God, what a bollocking I used to get off, off Craig. And he was such a good coach. I know he was, but, God, I was on the end of a few of those. And we had a laugh, and I just thought his impact on people was just really, it was just really wide. and But he was just so respected for that and respected for who he was. And actually, one of the funnier things, though, was that as part of what I'm doing with my coaching. I'm reflecting a lot on what I do as a coach. <laughs> and I was talking to uh my friend who's my mentor last night about how much I could critique some of Craig's sessions that he did for Belper over the over the last couple of seasons. And um we were laughing about how shite he was at bloody organizing. He never he never planned his sessions properly ever. And if I was to critique him as a coach observer, oh my gosh, it would just be so easy because he was crap. He was crap at organising what he wanted to do. But actually, that wasn't his super strength as the coach. His super strength as a coach was his ability to read a game like no one I've ever known. And for somebody who really late in life had been diagnosed with dyslexia and and being neurodiverse and really struggling with words and writing and things like that. The way he saw a hockey game was ridiculous. I've never known anyone like him. He saw not two or three steps ahead of an opposition. He could see like 15 or 20 steps ahead of what opposition were doing and that's both as a player and as a coach and I think that's an incredible ability to have. So I suppose I forgive him the fact that he was a little bit shocking in his organisation of a session but when he was in the flow of a session or when he was in the flow of a game he was in he was unstoppable and he was incredible at what he could do and was very skillful in that respect and probably a really really good kind of one-to-one or small group coach where he was able to spend time with athletes on on a fairly individual basis just absolutely honing a skill and showing them every technical detail that could go into, in particular, scoring goals and how to score goals, where to score goals. His love of the technical nature of hockey, coupled with his flair style of playing, was what made him so successful as both a player and a coach. And I know I can tell now I when I start talking about him like this, I just I'm so proud because being able to see it and then talk about it and still talk about it now and a lasting impact that he's having and still having. There are still players in the GB program now who were part of the group that were coached and brought through um by Craig, as well as some more experienced players who just happen to be Around when he was around, which is also really amazing, and then I look at the other aspects of him, because he'd stepped away from hockey when we were together. I saw Craig just the human being, and he was such a family orientated person and such an amazing dad and and being around as a dad much more full time than he'd been able to be before was. I think, one of his proudest achievements in life, um, being around and being there for Liv and and looking after. And, I'm, and I know that that, for her, makes her loss feel really, really horrific because she was very lucky to have somebody who was that role model and that person around for her. And he was, he was equally a, a good role model for Harry as well. And, I mean, Harry's had a few kind of wobbles over the last week or so, I think. But he's also been talking so positively and so proudly about Craig um, and everything that their relationship was. And then I just look at ours and I just, I look at our relationship and don't get me wrong, it makes me sad and I can feel myself emotional before I even start talking about it. We were together six years and it just, it felt like it was two minutes and I don't think I've ever really had a relationship like that where, don't get me wrong, you know, all the ins and outs that come with a relationship, yes, they are there but we just, we were such a team and we were just so in sync with kind of what we wanted to do in life and what our home was and he was, you know... He was like it with his friends. And I just feel a little bit, I do feel a bit sad that we had COVID and all our lockdowns, which actually for us as a family were amazing because we just were this little family unit and it was great and we got on really well and we, we enjoyed it. But you lost that contact with with people. And when we came out of that, and Craig in particular, he's because I think he was more social than me at this point, and he was like, right we're going to go out, we're going to make plans with these people, we're going to make plans with these people, and we're going to go and see these people. We're going to go and spend time with our friends again. We're going to build those relationships back up. And then the irony of that was that then his illness immediately threw us back into that shielding, immunosuppressed, COVID was everywhere, he was poorly. And I think the pair of us, we became such a protective bubble around each other that it was really hard to reach out at that point because we were just reaching in to be able to support each other and me particularly to be able to support him through it whilst also trying to do life as well and i think i just wish that we'd allowed friends into that a little bit more um and i feel as though they missed out on really seeing a lot of craig over the last two years because of his illness And so I was I was the lucky one because I was the one that got to be around him all the time. And I just I think about you know, some of the things that our friends have gone through and and life challenges that they have and still go through. And we weren't able to be there as much as I think we would have liked to have been as friends. And then the support that he could have given to some of his guy friends and his girlfriends who he had, who and who he knew. Um, he wasn't able to do that and I, sh- I, f- I feel as though the people who were close to him were p- are perhaps grieving a longer time period than I am because they didn't really get Craig for the last 18 months as the Craig that he was and today's actually the anniversary if you like of the stag and hen do that we had and so I talked about it last, last time I did an episode but I've had some some cool photos kind of that I've put out there today just going yeah it really bloody was such a fun time to be able to get back in touch with those friends and he did say to me he said, like, not a regret he said it's just a shame that we haven't been able to foster these friendships a lot more than, than we have it's amazing that these people are around now I kind of wish we'd had more time with them and it's very but it is poignant to look at it that way and that's why I know he'd be so pleased that I was definitely fostering you know, quite a few of those friendships with couples that we were fostering with couples and I'm still just out here doing it when, even though I'm by myself and it, it doesn't really bother me too much anymore. I just wanna be able to keep those those friendships and those links going because it's still a link for all of us to Craig and the memories that we all have of him together. So yeah, that was this episode. It was a reflection on you, babe. Love you. Miss you like you wouldn't believe. Forever wishing you were here and forever wishing that you and I had had longer together.